Welcome to Cat Chat, the pet talk podcast devoted to the physical and emotional well-being of cats and their people. I'm Tracy Hotchner, the author of The Cat Bible, Everything Your Cat Expects You to Know. My mission is to entertain, educate, and inspire cat lovers like you to give kitty cats the best possible life in nutrition, affection, and environmental enrichment. This show is brought to you by Dr. Elsie's, where they speak for cats, which is what this program is all about. My co-host is the feline expert, Dr. Michael Maria Delgado, along with other cat authors and experts. The show is made possible with the generous support of Dr. Elsie's, a company privately owned by Dr. Bruce Elsie, a feline-only veterinarian whose mission has been to personally formulate a wide variety of litters for all types of cats so they keep using their litter box, which keeps them in their loving homes. Dr. Elsie also created his own cat food called Clean Protein, wet and dry foods that are specifically appropriate for a cat's nutrition needs because they're based on the protein a cat eats naturally. Clean protein is the first dry cat food I personally can recommend because it is based on the protein found in a cat's natural prey. Please show your appreciation that Dr. Elsie's underwrites this show by choosing their products whenever you can. I have the great pleasure of welcoming my wonderful friend and colleague, Dr. Elizabeth Hodgkins, back to the show to discuss the topic of don't let your fat cat lose too much weight at a time too quickly because of a conversation that I had with Dr. Brian Porter after he took in his mother's two 11-year-old cats after she passed away, and one of them was really fat, and I started to give him the old kitty crack lecture, which I'm sure veterinarians really love when I do that, Dr. Elizabeth, but I did it anyway. (laughs) You know, no dry food for the obligate carnivore. That's what made the cat fat. It makes some cats fatter than others, but it's not good for any cat. And be sure you please put your newly adopted cat, especially the fat one, only one was fat, which just goes to prove that not every cat gets fat from kitty crack, but it's still not good for any cat. Um, Don't do it all at once. And I thought, ooh, you and I had this issue years ago when Cat Chat was live on SiriusXM on the Martha Stewart channel because we were saying, join the Waruva Biggest Kitty Loser Contest, put your cat on wet food for two weeks, and we promise, and we were right, that every cat will be better off within two weeks in one way or another. They'll lose a few pounds, they'll get shinier, they'll shed less, they'll be more active, they'll be more friendly. I mean, it was incredible. This was like transformative. But then there was this issue of the danger of losing weight too quickly. So would you talk, and again, Dr. Elizabeth's book, Your Cat, is a wonderful resource to learn just the good basics about all kinds of medical things. Can we talk about fatty liver disease and what, how a cat stores fat and where it stores it and what happens when you start to lose your fat? Okay. Um, it's a topic that's near and dear to my heart because when I was first uh, a graduate veterinarian and I did my internship at Animal Medical Center in New York, And we had all kinds of fat cats come in with hepatic lipidosis, which is fatty liver disease. That's the scientific term for it. Right. And we couldn't save these cats. It was the most frustrating thing in the world. And I spent a great deal of time after that. And that was a long time ago. That was 77, 78. Uh, That tells you how old I am and how long I've been doing this. Well, it's amazing that you were a veterinarian at 11. That's so cool. (laughs) Don't we wish. Don't we wish. I am not Sheldon Cooper if you follow Big Bang Theory. Right. right. But at any rate, um, 
yeah, it was very frustrating. And I thought, okay, there has to be an explanation for this. And sure enough, there was. And I have to say this, and it's kind of mean, perhaps, but I was very disappointed in retrospect that none of the people who were supposed to be teaching me how to be a good clinician could figure this out. Um, but I digress. Um, <laughs> here's, here's what happens with a calf. Cats have very high protein requirements. Normally, they're obligatory carnivores. They are evolutionarily designed to use protein for energy, unlike any other species. Okay? Right. So dogs and people and pigs and cows and horses, none of these other species that we're familiar with use protein except when they are starving. And then they will break down body proteins. Well, not the cat. The cat evolved in a, a very protein-rich environment, ate a very high-protein diet. And so what are you going to do if you're taking in a lot of protein, more than you need to keep your structural integrity, to build muscle, to build other tissues? Okay, what are you going to do with that protein that you're taking in? You're going to start using it for energy. And that's what the cat does. does it exquisitely well. Okay, the cat stores Fat, if it gets excess calories from protein, carbohydrate, or fat, it stores it just like you and I do, Tracy. It stores it in the periphery, and that's why these cats get so they really get right, fat, right? Um, like people do. Okay. Yes. So far, everybody's tracking similarly. The problem for the cat, because of this high protein requirement, is if you have a fat cat that's been on kitty crack which is sort of like a little kid who's been eating nothing but snack foods, processed, yes. high carbohydrate, high sugar foods. You've got a pudgy 10-year-old, 15-year-old. And Correct. I hate saying that. I just do. But it's the same process. Now, we put the cat on a diet, and one of two things happens. Either the cat doesn't like the diet change, and it won't eat. Okay? Right. What is going to happen to an animal that is not eating, okay, and it has this incredibly high protein requirement. And because it needs energy, it starts breaking down its proteins and also starts bringing fat in from the places where they're stored in its subcutaneous tissues between the legs. We all know where cats get fat, right? So all this fat gets liberated from the periphery, the tissues on the outside of the body, goes rushing into the liver, it just so happens that all of our livers, yours, mine, the kitties, the dogs, need protein to package the fat and send it back out to the muscles and all the other tissues that require the fat to make energy. The cat doesn't have enough protein because of its extremely high protein requirement. When that fat gets into the liver, it stays there and it builds up. And as the cat continues to starve because it's not eating, it doesn't like the new diet, okay? Mm -hmm. um, this problem exacerbates the liver, gets clogged with fat, can't get out of the liver because it can't be packaged into chylomicrons. You know, you, your listeners don't have to remember that word, but... It's a good word. A I like process. it. It's <laughs> like a little delivery getting, system. It's a little boat that it takes is. it out of the liver. It is. It's a little package yeah. that, the, that the fat goes out into the tissues to be used. So this cat's got all of its peripheral fat getting stuck over and over and over again into the liver. What I learned is that if the cat likes what the diet you're changing it to, and the diet you're changing it to has a good protein level, and we all know it needs to be, I like 50% or more 
Actually, okay. I like 90% for a cat because right. of their requirements. But if the food that you're feeding is at least 50% high-quality animal protein, you're going to be fine. If the cat loves a new diet, you're not going to actually have to stress about how much weight the cat is losing. However, if the cat's intake reduces greatly, okay, yes. um, or if you switch to a food like an awful lot of the prescription foods out there are low protein Correct. deliberately, yes. which makes my hair catch fire. You know, when I think about a low protein diet for a cat, my hair literally catches fire. I just can't stand the thought. It makes me want to just go drink. You know, I have to have something <laughs> stiff. Or pour to, a drink uh, or pour a drink on your on your flaming hair. It, well, that will work too. Yeah, I get half the martini, and my head gets exactly. half the martini. But that, so it's it's a lot simpler than people think. Where they think, do I have to weigh my cat every day, and how much should I lose it? A quarter of a pound a day? No. Make sure your cat is eating normally a high protein diet. If you do that, if the food, and here's here's another thing that complicates things: low protein diets are not very palatable to cats. So if you're changing to another food that isn't high enough in protein, the cat is very likely because it doesn't like changing its routine and also isn't going to like the new food because it's low protein, then you do get into trouble with fat cats. But I'll tell you, I loved dealing with fat cats, putting them on a diet because I knew if I made sure what I gave them was high enough in protein and palatable, I was going to be, I was going to be golden. And I yeah. never, ever saw one of these cats when those situations were in play. So you got to be the savior. You got to be the miracle worker when really you just understood how the machinery of the cat's digestive system and metabolism worked. You simply oh, had exactly. scientific knowledge. I, I guess we do have to spend a minute talking about prescription diet foods because the ones for dogs distress me a lot too. The issue being what is in them and if the science that created them on paper or in a Petri dish or in a laboratory showed that feeding that food helped a dog or a cat lose weight. And that's their pr proof, if you will, of the concept. This is a diet food. Basically, they, they usually tend to have a lot of fiber, a lot of exactly. not really useful other than to keep the digestive system going, not, ver it, not useful energy calories for sure. So that's kind of disturbing. Someone has a cat on kitty crack, say any kind of commercial dry cat food, which is highly processed carbs. That's what all dry cat food is. Other than I will say, Dr. Elsie's clean protein dry food is the only one made with protein that cats can use. And it's made for that reason that 98% of people are feeding dry food, no matter how many times we, you know, call from the rooftops, please, please feed wet food, feed right. high quality right. protein food. 98% of people who love their cats uh, say, well, come on, he's doing fine on the dry food, and it's so convenient. We'll just keep filling up that dish. So right. if you were feeding any kind of dry food, Kitty Crack, any brand, don't tell me it's super premium and has a really great-looking bag, and it says that chicken is the first ingredient. Yeah, but in the meantime, it got made into dough and turned into a highly processed little crunchy. So kind of changed its whole aspect. If you were feeding that and then you go to a dry prescription diet sold by your vet who ha has every reason, I guess, to believe that the companies that they knew from the time they were in vet school has invented, created this food, 
and the bag says, oh, this is scientifically correct, now you've put them on a lower protein, probably not so yummy food. So now they're not eating that. And you sort of think, exactly. well, I should go back to my, my other kitty crack because at least they ate that. We've talked before about cats who were offered really delicious, high-quality food in a can or a pouch, and they go, huh? Because they spent their whole life going crunch, 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 which is actually not even natural for a cat. I mean, they're, I mean a mouse and a bird, the, the bones can crunch, but the meat doesn't. That's their no proper diet or a, a salamander. We can just say give them – you used to say give them turkey. You used to say if you have yeah. to give them some kind of protein and they don't – they can't recognize that delicious, excellent quality wet food is delicious and good for them and they can't get used to it yet, put some broken up pieces of deli turkey. Sure, it's got sodium, but at least it's pure protein, right? Right. Yeah, there's all kinds of ways to uh, – I'll use the word trick – your, your yes. kid yes. crack addicted cat to changing over to much higher quality and going to RD, uh, for example, you know, the Hills prescription diet, RD, which is the reducing diet. Um, okay, my hair catches fire again because there's cellulose in that. It's not high enough in protein and the cats really don't like to eat it anyway. And that is a recipe for hepatic lipidosis, referring back to our previous subject. Yes. Um, yes. And, you know, I will say, too, there are some foods out there nowadays. They're called toppers, okay? Um, if your listeners uh, are looking around in their PetSmart or uh, w whatever big box store they go to, or if they're lucky enough to have a very conscientious uh, small uh, box, yes. mom and pop, yes. you know, uh, pet store, uh, I love them. We have one nearby here, they're and great. I love to patronize them because I want them to be in business forever because they carry a lot of... The smaller brands, they're better quality, and also there's a wide selection of what we call toppers, which are highly palatable, not complete and balanced, but they're highly right. palatable uh, foods that you can put as topping on the complete and balanced food that you are trying to get the cat to eat. And for a short period of time, the food doesn't even have to be complete and balanced. As you said, you can, you can give them sliced turkey. Sliced smoked turkey leg. That's really, really popular with cats. Oh, interesting. Kind of picky. Just, get, just get creative and think about, I'm an obligatory carnivore. I'm a lion out on the savanna. You know, what's going to taste good to me? Um, and and uh, so there are ways to do it. Some cats are so addicted. And make no mistake, Tracy, and I've discussed this so many times, there are literally addictive sprays that are sprayed on kitty crack that trigger the addiction response in the cat's brain, just like little kids can get addicted to foods that are not very good for them, and so yes. can adults, right? And those cats can be devilish hard to get off. I, I understand the dilemma of pet owners that have cats that are highly addicted to their crack. But there are ways to, and even if you have to let them have a little tiny bit of their crack, but you put one of these better toppers on there. The toppers are usually quite high in protein, just not complete and balanced. Put the topper on it and do a kind of a gradual over the course of a week, two weeks, something like that. You're putting more of the wet and the topper on top of the kitty crack and less and less of the kitty crack. It's kind of common sense to think, well, if I'm trying to wean an animal from one bad behavior to another, it can be easier if I don't just put this new food in there and say, eat it or 
or not. Right. You, and- you, can't, you can't do that with a cat. A dog will eat anything. We all know that, unless the dog is quite sick. So they're easy to switch. But cats can be devilish hard if they've been on crack. And, and I think the thing that's confusing for people who've spent what they consider a fair amount of money for a very high-quality dry food, which is still kitty crack yeah. because of how it's made, yeah. not even what it's made right. of, and right. then they spend some money to buy some cans or pouches, and the cat goes, what? And then the person thinks, what the heck? This is the worst advice <laughs> I ever got. My cat doesn't okay. like it. Surely, if it was good for them, my cat would like it. But you're leaving out the part of them actually becoming, having become so addicted to, used to, familiar with the smell and feel and taste of the other food that they don't recognize this as food. It's it's really quite astounding. You think, wait, surely a piece of turkey or a piece of chicken. I mean, I even saw a cat once. I was doing some uh, promotional thing for a very nice wet food in a can, and we were showing how the food was made. It was made with turkey and some vegetables and some other stuff. And we were actually cooking it in a pot to show. And there, so there was some uh-huh. turkey, cooked turkey. And this cat was in someone's house. It was a very handsome cat. And there was several bowls of kitty crack out. So I, I offered the cat a piece of turkey. And he looked at me like I'd offered him a stick. So I put <laughs> it on the floor, a piece of freshly cooked turkey. And he looked at it like it was a rock. And that's real, and I can th- see how people think we're crazy because they'd say, "Well, surely a cat would recognize a piece of turkey or chicken if that's a good food for them." But they don't. They don't. And you know, if you look at a, a movie like Supersize Me, which sadly I recommend to anyone to look at to see what fast food for humans does to their brains. It gets you completely addicted to it. That happened to be one brand of fast food. But that's a brand where children are given these so-called nuggets of so-called chicken. How much chicken's involved, where it came from, what they did to it in the meantime, I have no idea. But that's all those children will eat. And the people are doing what people do with their cats. Well, at least the kid ate something. Yeah, but what it ate was like really kind of toxic waste. So that's the same situation. You know, you want the cat to eat something. It's very analogous. Right? Yep. Yep. Now, the toppers, the nice thing about the toppers, of course, is that they've actually, because of the use that the manufacturers intend them to be used for, okay, um, is that they will be used to lure an animal into accepting a new food. And so I don't think they're nearly as addictive as kitty crack, but but they've been tested for palatability. You know, that piece of turkey yes. that you put on the floor hasn't been tested for palatability. <laughs> and this crack, this crack addicted cat, you know, right. I didn't recognize it. But I'm, I'm suspecting, and I've used some of these toppers with cats that are quite resistant to change. And so they may help in some cases. Um, if, if your listeners are working with a veterinarian who really cares about cats, even if they don't know a ton, if they care, they will work with them. You know, come up with, okay, that didn't work. Let's try something right. else. It, it, it's never... And well, it can be if you get really lucky, it's an immediate success. The cat switches over yeah, and, and as happy life as is a good. clam. Yeah, it does happen that way sometimes. But if a cat has been on, say, 10 years, been on kitty crack, there's going to be a struggle. You can win that. I always did win when a client was patient enough and trusted me enough. I always won, but I didn't win necessarily with the first choice out of the gate. Sometimes we had to experiment a lot. And the whole idea is 
whatever you're getting into that cat, if it's high in protein, you're not going to have to worry about hepatic lipidosis. That is the yes. key takeaway, I think, from what I'm saying is make sure protein is going into that cat. High quality protein delivered in a wet form of some kind. Correct. That's it. And Correct. then you won't have the problem if, as you're trying to slim down your cat. You don't slim a cat down by taking away calories and giving them less kitty crack. You're just giving That's less right. of the thing that made them fat in the first place. It doesn't matter. How, it's exactly. like Labrador retrievers. There are people who go from two cups a day or more for the lab who's fat, and they go down. People say, but now he's – I know cats and dogs, completely different digestive system, but it's disturbing. Well, I'm only giving him a quarter of a cup a day. He's still fat. You know, it slimming down for animals doesn't work in some sort of uh, – in the sort of way that we – think it should or might or could. It's not like right. fewer calories and in no time at all, that weight will fall off them. We know with people, if they starve themselves or go on starvation type cleansing diets, they can appear to lose a bunch of pounds. And the minute they go back to the probably not so great diet they were on before, that weight, which they never really lost the weight, they lost water or something, is there. Yeah. It's still there. Yeah. So yeah. it's the same idea. It Please do take obesity really seriously in cats. It is a disease. Obesity is a disease. It's an it illness is. and it's created by people and it's our responsibility yes. to get our cats well. And it's very simple medicine. The medicine is in a can or a pouch or it's in your fridge. Whatever is a real protein that the cat will eat is going to get them over the hump till they can then eat a fully balanced, correct wet diet, which could right. be raw frozen. It could be many things, not just in a can or a pouch. So that's our takeaway for today. Please get your cat thin, but keep in mind they have to keep eating high-quality protein in order to lose weight safely. Thank you, Dr. Elizabeth. Thank you, Tracy. Always a pleasure. Thanks so much for listening. I also want to thank Wonderside, founded by a woman entrepreneur who discovered effective natural ways to repel fleas, ticks, and other pests on her pets and around her home instead of putting toxic chemicals in or on them. Wonderside makes plant-powered products to keep parasites at bay without the harsh chemicals that can be harmful to your cats, your property, and the planet. This show is also supported by the privately developed Magic Fabric Pet Throws that trap hair, dirt, and moisture when cats get up on the furniture bed or your lap. Magic Fabric Pet Throws invite kitty cuddle time without sacrificing your clothes or furniture. A final pause up to Dr. Elsie's again for all the fine products they make and their unwavering support of my mission to make life better for each and every kitty cat and their people.